Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. According to the scripture, work good, idleness bad. That's what we're going to look at today in 2 Thessalonians, if you want to turn there. We're, we've been talking about, um, for the last several weeks, things to say no to. And uh, the Apostle Paul is clear with this, the church in Thessalonica that, and, and directly here as well this morning to us, that uh, idleness is one of those things that you and I need to learn to say no to. Uh, there's some ripple effects of idleness in our lives that aren't good, and we want to see those today and steer clear of them. So, uh, turn, if you will, to Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Let's look at verses 6 through 13 together. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, anyone who will not work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people are, uh, we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Now, four things today that we want to glean from this text. The first of which is this, is saying no to idleness preserves your witness. It preserves your witness. Go back to verse 6. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. Keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive. Now, this isn't the first time that Paul associates uh, idleness with being disruptive. Turn back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and look at verse 14 with me. He says, Now we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. So, this was a prevalent problem in Thessalonica, and Paul is addressing it to them, and it's potentially a problem for each of us uh, as New Testament churches ourselves. Uh, so this, this wasn't the first reference, but the inference here is that whenever idleness moves into laziness, then it becomes disruptive. It, it, it becomes a, a, a sticking point in, in the life of the church. Why is that the case? Because if we're together in the same body, the same group, the same team, the same organization, and you're working and I'm not, you're making me look bad. And in making me look bad, uh, rather than joining you in the work, I'd rather point out your mistakes, point out the things you're doing wrong so that we're on the same plane again. That's, that's where the disruption comes in, instead of making me look bad or making me look lazy. Uh, so, in keeping away from the idle or from the laziness, we're making an obvious statement that we're not associating ourselves with that, we're associating ourselves with the worker rather than with the, dis with the disruptor. And in doing so, we're preserving our witness. A witness, he says here, that 
should be ready to roll up our sleeves and get to work for the sake of the kingdom. So, first question that accompanies this first point is this. Is your witness more closely aligned with idleness or is it more closely aligned with the worker? With the one who is idle or the one who is at work? What does that look like for you? Secondly, not only does saying no to idleness preserve your witness, but saying no to idleness demonstrates a work ethic. It demonstrates a work ethic. Look at verse 8 with me again. It says, um, we, we, with you work night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we, we would not be a burden to any of you. We work night and day, laboring and toiling. I believe we're seeing a decline in, in work, work ethic as each passing generation uh, walks the face of this earth. Uh, it's, I, I say this because we have a culture with an ever-increasing sense of entitlement, an ever-increasing ever sense of what is due them, and I believe that this exists in large part because we as parents and grandparents and school administrators and <coughs> community leaders and coaches and you, you fill in the blank of leader that has influence over kids. I believe that many of us are uh, meeting about every need that a kid has and many wants that they have such that uh, we... They, they, they feel better about themselves and have, have a better sense of self-esteem. Well, because after all, it's for the children. Nothing wrong with kids. I have a couple of them. And, and grandkids have a few of those too. And they need to be loved and encouraged and provided for. But parent, grandparent, leader, teacher, coach over kids, one of the greatest disservices you can do for your child is to hand them everything their heart desires instead of making them work for it. They need to learn and develop a work ethic. Uh, Paul is admonishing the church here to learn to, to get at it instead of staying idle. So how do we teach that? Well, we teach that by not by telling them how it's done, but by showing them how it's done. We teach that by modeling in front of them what a work ethic looks like. My, my dad did that for me. He was a person with, with a tremendous work ethic and that handed down to me. I don't mind work. Uh, it's, it's fulfilling to me in many ways, regardless of whether it's with my hands, with my mind, with my body, whatever it is. But he was in the grocery business, as I shared with you, and uh, he had a passion for that, loved, loved it. Got up early in the morning, go to the warehouse, uh, buy, buy whatever cases was needed to wholesale goods or, or fruit or vegetables or whatever to, to market, bring those back, clean all, all that up, restock the shelves unless it was in the summertime then we stocked the shelves when we were out of school that's why I decided I never wanted to be in the grocery business uh, as I got older none, none, none of the five of us did actually but he loved it had a passion for it worked at it and handed that work ethic down to us uh, I saw that I saw what it was like he, he didn't tell me to work he showed me how to work and how to get something accomplished and get things done now carried too far that can become a workaholic. So the key there is balance. The key there is seeing the task, getting about the task, completing the task, and then resting and, and being with family and, and friends as opposed to all, be, that work consumes us, it, it being all-consuming. But saying no to idleness is a demonstration of work ethic. Thirdly, not only does it preserve our witness and demonstrate a work ethic, but saying no to idleness is saying no to gossip. 
saying no to the gospel. Look at verse 11. It says, we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Not busy, they're busy bodies. Many folks desire to know things in order to make them known to others. Uh, if I know something you don't know, that can give me a false sense of superiority over you if I'm not careful. And uh, uh, a feeling that I'm somehow better than you. However, once we make known what we know, then, think gossip there, once we make known what we know, then we've got to know again to make known again what we know. We've got to seek more desirable information. James chapter 3, verses 3 to 8 says this. It says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships, for example. Although they're, though they're large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder to go wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by such a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself, what's this, set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Whew. Kind of harsh, isn't it? Yet that's what the writer says about the tongue. Uh, that, that we're to keep it in check and hold it in check. Uh, this, and, and hear this, this is not just a female problem. Uh, so, so don't jump to that conclusion. I, I think, honestly, more women want, want or, or, or need to be in the know than, than men. But it's not just a female problem. Men who are, and it's probably because of this, that men have realized early on, the more we know, the more we're accountable for. And the more we're accountable for, the more somebody's going to look over our shoulder to make sure that that gets done. The less we know, the less, less accountability there is. Because uh, most of us, guys are by nature fairly lazy uh, right speaking for John anyway but <laughs> um, that that desire to make, it, make to make things known is is what what drives many uh, notice here that the catalyst in this text for becoming a busybody is itself idleness that idleness is, is, is the key that turns the door, that opens the door to gossip and opens the door to busybody. If we find a place to work, a place to serve, a place where our mind will follow our hands, um, then we'll learn to, the value of accomplished work, to, of, of accomplishing the task, uh, completing a service, over the need to know another piece of valuable or juicy information. But saying no to idleness is as well as saying no to gossip. Finally, Saying no to idleness gives us strength for the task. It gives us strength for the task. Look at verse 13 again. It says, And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Never tire of doing what is good. Much of the problem with idleness has to do with motivation. Verse 23 tells us that doing what is good will motivate us and continue to, to where we will continue to do good. The, uh, or thir verse 13, rather. The motivation is found in this phrase, never tire, meaning that word never tire means that God will give you the strength and the sustenance to do everything you need that he wants you to do. 
regardless of how long it takes, regardless of how, how detailed it is, that the strength and motivation comes from him. That's, that's where this phrase never tire finds its way in, into this context. So what is the good that we're to do? Well, simply put, the next right thing. Just go and do the next right thing, whatever God has in front of you. Whatever the present task is, God has in front of you. If you're a parent of preschool kids, that's in front of you every, every, just about every moment of every day. If you're a, a, an empty nester with, with aging parents who have health issues, that's what's in front of you, and it's just about all-consuming sometimes every day. Uh, Leanne and I have been in both of those places, and it, it can, can feel and, and be oftentimes consuming. But that's the task that's in front of you to complete, so just complete that the best you know how, to the best of your ability, because that's, what, that's where God has placed you, and that's what's in front of you. In doing that, in seeing that through, you, you accomplish two things. First of all, you squelch the opportunity for idleness to take root in your life. If you're about the task that's in front of you, you squelch the opportunity for idleness to take root in your life. Secondly, you stay motivated. This never tire means what, where I placed you and what I put in front of you, I will give you the tools to do whatever you need to do to, to accomplish that work, to accomplish that, that, that task. And that's from the Lord, not ourselves. So he, he will give, give us the strength and what we need to accomplish that. Uh, and here again, the task is not about earning your salvation. It's not about the more you work, the more God likes you. Listen to James chapter 2, verses 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers, if people claim to have faith but have no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. One of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but do nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith not accompanied by action is dead. So then idleness is the evidence of a weak or immature faith. As such, at its best, and at its worst, it points to no faith at all. So our idleness uh, can be overcome in seeing that our, our, our source of our sustenance and our strength comes from the Lord, and he would give us the strength for the task. So how do, we, how do we see this next right thing? How do we see this next task, this opportunity? Ask God to show it to you. It, it, it's really simple. Will it, will he, and if we're waiting on this big reveal, we'll probably never see it. But God speaks oftentimes in situational truths to us to where wherever we find ourselves, what is around the next corner will be seen and noticed and realized when we accomplish what's around this corner. We get this task completed and God will show us the next slice of the pie. We get that task completed, God will show us the next slice of the pie. That's the way he works oftentimes with us, never giving us the whole picture because we'd run as fast as we could in the other direction, most of us. But gives us a piece at a time. And so, as I say, the next right thing is what's in front of you, and God will turn you around the next corner and reveal that to you as you complete the task. And as you ask him about what that next right thing is, here's some needs in this body of believers that you're, you're a part of. We need some folks in hospitality that will stand at the front door, open the door for people as they get here on Sundays, greet them, give them a smile, say hello, this side door as well, doing the same thing. Hope to put an awning over this side door pretty soon so we can come in and out without being in the weather. But um, as the weather warms up, that's, that's a task. But we need some folks in hospitality, uh, greeting folks. 
Need some folks in children's ministry and kids point, we point, nursery. There's volunteers down there today doing a great job, but we need help down there. And, and some of you could help. If you are, uh, if you hear and can sing harmony parts, worship team needs you to be a part of, uh, of this task up here. Play an instrument, even if, if it's an instrument that's already here. Give these folks a break from time to time uh, that, that are playing and singing and sharing with us every week. The toolbox resource center back there, we need somebody to coordinate that, to, to, to organize it, to help people find what they're looking for when they go in there. Uh, some, some of you that have some passion about those kind of materials and, and resources. In terms of outreach, we need an event, an event coordinator for our spring rummage sale that, that helps us fund missions in Nicaragua. We need some folks to help put that together as well for our fall uh, friends cookout. Uh, some event coordinators, coordinators for that. Uh, media team needs help. We're, we're man down today, in fact, and, and can usually help if you are interested and have a bent toward technology. Need some help there. And, and our safety and security team, Gary does a great job of, of keeping our, our campus uh, safe and, and keeping, aware, keeping me aware, at least, of what's, what's going on, who, who's around, who's not. Uh, so comes comes during service, locks this door, so nobody can come in this side door on us. Uh, keeps keeps a, uh, an eye on the parking lot by way of cameras or sometimes physically going outside and looking that over. Uh, so he, he could use your help as well. He's homesick today, in fact. Uh, beyond here, Angelic Ministries that we support is looking for volunteers all the time. So is Safe Families for Children looking for families to take little ones in that are, that are in respite situations and need that from their parents as they're uh, in a hard place or going through a hard time. Uh, there's all kind of all kind of opportunities to serve and, and, and be about a task for the Lord as opposed to getting off this off the dirge of idleness. But um, we got to seek those and put those in place. Uh, a, a tool for that is uh, our GAP class, which is going to be one coming up real soon after this next Connections class, where you discover. It's a tool that have you, have you discover your gifts, abilities, and passion. That's what GAP stands for. And what might be a fit for you, not only inside of the church, but outside as well. And as I, as I rambled off several things to you that are needs here, there may be ministries that this church needs to start that we're not doing today, that you have the passion and gifting for. Uh, so let's talk about that. Let's get together and talk about how the, what the Lord may be stirring in you. Here's a couple of questions to, to reveal whether God's speaking to me about this or not. First is this. Over time... Have I allowed, allowed idleness to creep into my life? Have I allowed, allowed idleness to creep into my life? Now, how do I figure that out? Well, can I point to many, if any, kingdom accomplishments? If I can't point to many, if any, kingdom, kingdom accomplishments, I'm probably on autopilot. I'm probably sitting in idle and, and need to be uh, more intentional about, about service, about about serving the kingdom. Second question is this. What am I doing with the resources God has given me? What am I doing with the resources God has given me, placed within my stewardship? Not only in terms of time, of talent, and treasure that we've talked about before, but in terms of passion, in terms of what, what I get up in the morning thinking about, what I go to bed at night thinking about, and how that sense of passion can be turned into people coming to know Christ can turn into kids being discipled, can turn into, in, into a mission project being completed, can turn, can turn into the gospel being shared in some way. Um, idleness, friend, is not a good thing. 
And the more we recognize it, the more we see it for the evil that it is and it can become, when we allow it to fester, the better because... I don't say this in judgment, I just say it out of simple observation. Church after church after church all across America have probably 70% to 80% of the folks that are sitting in seats in churches this morning are coming and soaking and leaving <coughs> and going to work and doing their life and coming in the next Sunday and soaking and coming. And I talk about soaking it up and squeezing it out a lot. Seeing our life as a sponge, how much is your life being squeezed out into the life of others? How much of what you know and can do and can perform is being uh, given to, to, to the Lord in ministry? And how much are, are people outside the kingdom benefiting from it and coming to know Christ and inside the kingdom growing and serving because they're inspired by you, inspired by your service? Idleness is not a good thing, and we need to recognize it in ourselves. <clears throat> in ourselves, that's true of us. And not just recognize it, but do something about it. So, God has stirred that today in your heart, in your mind. Don't stay idle. Let's do something about it. Let's pray. Father, forgive us. Forgive me for being a finger pointer. Forgive me for passing judgment. Forgive me for looking at someone else through a different lens than I think you look at me. Help me to realize that each of us have gifts and abilities and service opportunities and points of interest that will point us in, in a specific or different direction than, than each other sometimes. And just because someone doesn't see the need that I see that make them wrong and me right or them right and me wrong, You've wired us differently to serve differently in different capacities in different places. And I pray today that we would seek that, be obedient to what you show us as well once we seek it. We would ask today that you show us the next right thing if, if we're stumbling today trying to figure out what that is. Show us the next right thing. Show us, prepare us for what's around the next corner and the one after that and the one after that. Because what hangs in the balance of idleness it's perhaps friends, co-workers, even family dying without Christ. If they see we have enough passion not only to believe in God, but to serve Him as well, they'll be drawn to a God that changes us, changes our, not just our attitudes, but changes our actions, changes what we do with time, talent, treasure, changes what we do with how we squeeze the passion of our life out into the lives of others. You're about that in us. You want to be at least. Would we, would we find ourselves today at a, at a willing place of willingness to say, God, I, I want what you want for me. I'm tired of being on autopilot. I'm tired of sitting at idle. Put me in gear and let me serve. Let the kingdom grow. Let people come to know you. Let believers find a deeper walk. Put me to work today. I pray you stir that in us in the heart of every believer in every church across America this morning, where we wouldn't leave satisfied and full, but we'd leave seeking to squeeze our life out into a culture that's dark, getting darker with each passing day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church. 
helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.